0: because I became a mother. Um, So when I became a mom, that sort of lifestyle just didn't fit into the vision I had for my family. Um, And as soon as I became a mother, then I looked into being an entrepreneur because I felt like that allowed me more flexibility and freedom and creativity. Um, But it's funny because I do use a lot of the skills and the strategies from advertising in the work that I do now in brand strategy for female entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Good. I like, uh, it's what years was that if you don't mind when you were doing the advertising?
0: Um, so I mean, I'm like a dinosaur, I feel like. So I graduated college in 94 and I went right into advertising. So I worked in advertising up until 2000, um, or 2001. And my oldest son is, was born in 2002. So he is 21 right now, which is hard to believe. Um, So I've been an entrepreneur for over two decades.
1: Yeah, well, that's not fair. You look younger than me, Um, (laughs) (laughs) not fair at all. Um, Okay, so I I asked that context because the world of advertising has shifted so much in terms of the mediums and platforms.
0: hundred percent. I was just talking about this with someone who is my age. So it was like fair that we could talk about how media was billboards, radio, print and TV and right. that was it. And yeah. that's what we worked on. And now you have this whole digital world with all these social media platforms. It's a totally different beast. Um yeah. so it's interesting how things change.
1: It it is. It's it's interesting how like the the tactics or certain platforms can change. And it's so cool to me the principles that stay the same, like the moments of truth. Um you know that that book for instance being a classic for advertising marketing influence. Um, so it's there are certain things that translate over. And it is still interesting to me that the most dominant brands in the world, the ones that are succeeding, most of them are still on TV. Yeah. Still have radio ads and still understand the value of print. And digital marketers hate to acknowledge that. Um but there's there's so much value to be had in, in lots of ways. I've got to ask three three resources. Um, if you were to give three resources to visionaries, entrepreneurs, it could be a book, it could be a movie, et cetera. What would they be?
0: So I think one of the best books you should read as an entrepreneur is The Big Leap. I don't know if you've heard of it, um, but it talks about, you know, your four zones. You have zone of incompetence, zone of competence, um, zone of excellence and zone of genius. And as a branding person, I think. You want to tap into your zone of genius and bake that into your brand so that that brand can can stand out, can have sustainability, and can be really sharp and sticky. And so it's such a great book that teaches you sort of what you need to delegate or what you need to let go or what you need to shift, because many of us are probably playing in that zone of excellence because it feels safe and it feels comfortable, but as we like pull the layers apart and really ask ourselves, like, what are we meant to do, and what is that zone of genius, that area of expertise? Hopefully, you get to take the leap and get into that zone of genius. So that's a, a book that I have probably read three or four times, just because I feel like I can keep revisiting it. Yeah. Um, another book that I love is Essentialism. I don't know if you've read that oh, one. No. Um, don't ask me the authors because I can never remember, but it's such a great book because it talks about really getting focused as a brand, as a business, as a person, and kind of stripping away all the things that don't really matter and only focusing on what does matter. And so again, as a branding person, especially someone who is a big proponent proponent of who you know believes in niching, the idea of being an essentialist and cutting through all the noise and going all in on a certain lane um, is sort of is in alignment with a lot of the ways that I run my business and how I, you know, help my clients. Um, And then I think if I had to pick a third one, again, as a branding person, Donald Miller story brand was (laughs) an amazing book where he talks about, you know, storytelling and how to use that to build your brand and really, Kind of dumbs it down for all of us to be better brand builders, um, and that is a book I've read multiple times as well.
1: That's awesome. That Donald Miller, Miller doubled down. Yesterday's guest also brought him up as their oh, resource, really? and I'm a fan too. I like I like what he's up to, and it's fun to see twice in a row um, that happen. Even though I don't I don't know are you connected to Scott Aaron? I got to ask now.
0: No, I don't even know
1: who that is. Well, you'd probably be a fantastic guest as well on his podcast, um, Networking and Marketing Made Simple. Um, So happy to put a shout out and a connection there. Uh, We're gonna go to the break. We'll be right back and uh, dive into Malika's vision. All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live. With Jackson Callum, I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up and welcome in to another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. I'm excited to have Malika Malhotra on today. Uh, Malika has a brand about, well, really helping you build your brands. Um, She's a brand strategist. Um, She has a mentorship program as well. Specifically, she's helping ambitious women entrepreneurs who are ready to take their, their brand to the next level. And one of the big things that that she really promotes and advocates for is niche um, and niching down. We're going to talk about that at length um, as we talk. We're also going to talk about growing the business faster with what she calls the bullseye brand method after we dive into about her vision. Now, before I bring her on stage, we've also got some sponsors to talk about, people that we work with that we're excited to uh, release to you as, as more resources that you could turn to for help. So one is Melissa Gray with the Law Spot. She also has an excellent episode. She came on our show, um, just like Malika's on, and we decided to work together at some very high levels. Um, we I can't talk about uh, how deep those conversations are going right now, but they're about as deep as conversations get for businesses. She really shows that law doesn't have to be complicated. And I've spent many years working with so many different clients that didn't have proper proper legal counsel on board that. Um, I was intrigued to put her on the show, even though I was a little nervous about, I don't know if I want an attorney personality um, talking about vision, but she's got a great personality. She's got great characteristics professionally as well in terms of what she can do for brands. And if I can help any of you avoid the $20,000 trademark lawsuit that we had at Restaurant Connect, or any of you know what to do when you have a demand letter from a client or know what to do um, when... Apple patents your software like they did our software at Restaurant Connect as well, uh, then by all means, I'd I'd love to see you guys connect. Um, Just consider her in terms of the legal counsel options that you have out there. In addition, there's Franklin Parker of Directional Advisors. Uh, Franklin Parker has worked in family home office environments. And a family home office is basically the team that runs the finances and decisions for a billionaire. Um, he's learned about finance at a really high level levels that I've never been a billionaire. I don't know a billionaire yet. Um, haven't had one interviewed on the show either. Um, so it's kind of, it's really fun to be able to pick his brain and also see his book, um, and get to know him. You can see his picture right now. If you're watching, um, he also plays the guitar. He used to be in a band and he's got such a deep and rich personality. And I find that most financial advisors lack the type of depth of personality really get what it is that you're up to they'll ask the questions the tactics um just to find out who you are because that's what they're trained to do it's different when you meet franklin like he is a legitimately amazing guy in fact uh, we're going to lunch tomorrow he's driving down and uh going to be in the area so that'll be fun um anyway those are two amazing resources you can turn to and i don't have my water bottle on me that i normally use for the segment but the water project is near and dear to my heart i i will not go a day without promoting something like this to the world, helping people realize there's millions of people who have needs uh, that that we take for granted. Um, You know, I can go down to my kitchen and get water in a heartbeat. Um, These kids, these families, these parents who are supposed to provide, they have to sometimes walk three to five miles in order to find a source of water that might not even be safe for their families. And we have the opportunity to do something about it. If you're not in a financial position to contribute to the water project, then all I ask is that you potentially share this with somebody. Maybe you tag somebody who you thought of. Maybe you were inspired to think of a different cause that also needs attention. And if that's the case, do me a favor, drop that link in the comments so that we can take a look at it. And maybe we end up supporting the cause. Maybe I end up pulling it on Division Pros Live as well. Um, And I appreciate you for for jumping in and and helping with me. Um, Taylor Welch calls this clean energy. Um, And if that's what you need for motivation, just know that when you give, when you do something good for others, it gives you that marathon energy that helps you feel that much better about your day. Same way as if you were to go on a walk or make sure you get your water intake, et cetera. So I'm going to get off my holistic wellness um, topics and pedestal. I'm going to bring Malika on and we're going to dive right into her vision. Malika, thank you so much for being here today on Vision Pros Life.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me, Jackson. I'm excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. So, the first question I have for you is: tell me is to tell me about your vision. We want to know what's your vision for those that you serve.
0: Yeah. So that's that's a powerful question. So I think you know the vision that I have for the people that I serve. When I think about my clients, I think about my community. When I think about my family, I think it's you know make an impact, to create a sense of belonging, to have deep connection, right? When I think about my legacy, that's what I want at the end of the day, to have like meaningful connection, to feel like I, I made a difference. Did I, have, did I help someone think differently or did I inspire them to take action? Did I help support them in getting to their next best goal or to dream a little bit bigger? Um, those are kind of the big things that I think about when I think about the vision or the legacy I wanna leave behind.
1: It's amazing, it like it came out formulaic too, not in an authentic way, in a very authentic way. It's like, okay, impact, belonging, and connection. Um, I was like, wow, it's like, there you go. For somebody who wants to niche down, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, a good concept in and of itself. Um, so moving to your vision, what is your vision for yourself on the horizon?
0: Yeah, I think for myself, it's like continuous growth, right? Um, you know, I feel like I'm in midlife, I have been an entrepreneur for over two decades, but I want to continue to be curious and I want to continue to push beyond my boundaries and kind of live a really exciting and full life. Um, I don't want to, you know, boredom to me is like, you know, the worst thing that can happen, right? And so I just want to keep pushing myself to just grow. And it doesn't have to be leaps and bounds, right? And even just small ways. But uh, to always have that curiosity, Um, I think that's part of my own vision. And and that's, you know, what I try to teach my sons. And that's what I try to teach my clients is to lean into that, because I think that really helps you grow beyond, you know, the financial goals that you want or or all those other things. Like, those are important too, but like, can we kind of just lean into that self-growth and just pushing beyond some boundaries? And that's really important.
1: I like that. I also, I really like that you key in on the, the simple matters of growth too. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a grandiose firework show at all times. Um, but it could be simple. What are some of the simple growth areas that come to mind for you?
0: Yeah. So small wins like today, being here with you, right? Meeting someone new, <laughs> um, pushing myself out of my comfort zone, showing up and sharing a little bit about my journey. Um, a small win could be, you know, getting outside and taking a walk instead of being glued to the screen. As entrepreneurs, it's easy just to just continue to work and work, but setting my some boundaries for myself so that I have a healthier lifestyle, taking the dog for a walk, being outside with nature. A small win could be connecting with my parents or family that don't live close by so that I feel that again, sense of belonging and that network of people that I want to support as well as be supported by.
1: I love that. Thank you. That was a great list. You're fast. Um, <laughs> those are, those are a lot of little victories fast. The, the, the honeydew list grows fast in your house, huh? Um, it so, <laughs> doesn't mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm great at doing that too. You mentioned, um, you know, being on the show as an example like that. I'm curious, how many live shows have you been on? Cause you seem like a natural.
0: So I actually was on a podcast earlier today. I have two today. I have one this week. Um, I don't do as many live shows like this format, um, but I have been on a handful of them. But, you know, it's funny, public speaking, if you asked me 15 years ago, I'd be scared to death to do it. You know, I, you know, 15 years ago, spent a lot of my time being a photographer. So being safe behind a camera Um, and, you know, interacting with people one-on-one was easy. But to think about speaking on a platform or in front of a lot of people, I would be like, no way, I can't do it. But you can do anything that you put your mind to, and it's it's a muscle, right? That you have to keep flexing, and you have to keep trying, and keep pushing through. And sometimes you're going to have really bad experiences, and you'll learn from them, and then the next one will be easier. And so, you know, being here with you today and talking about my journey and my vision, all these things that. know are not easy questions to answer on the fly um i think but it's it's good it's again it goes back to that self-growth and pushing through the boundaries and being curious of what this is going to look like how is this going to unfold and being okay you know it doesn't have to be perfect it's going to be okay
1: i love it that's uh i hope other visionaries uh take courage from that you know it's it's not easy to be on camera it's not easy to go live um and there's so many people out there who I think want to share their story and you know, there, there's, there's some internal aspects of like, man, I don't, I don't know. How do I get myself to jump into this cold pool? Um, you know, it's kind of a similar experience. Um, any, any, any word practical words of encouragement to help any audience members listening in for yeah. doing just that jumping into the pool.
0: So, know that it's going to be tough the first time you jump in the pool, but try to prepare as much as you can, right? Practice Mm -hmm. preparation, but not to the point where you feel robotic and you don't feel authentic to yourself. And then trust that you, you have the knowledge, you have the experience, you have the expertise that is valuable and worthy to be shared. It's really a mindset game and a confidence issue, right? So like, know that you have it. And so, it is a gift to be here with you and just having a conversation and taking detaching from some of that seriousness or the failure, the looming failure. Like, it's okay. let like, just kind of go with the punches and learn from the experience. And every time you do it, you'll just get better and better.
1: I love it. So those of you who are listening, we're gonna be diving into some advanced aspects of branding and growth as well. Um, We're not just gonna keep it at the basic level. We are gonna dive pretty deep after we talk about some leadership dynamics. Before we do, um, some of the brands that Malika has worked with are L'Oreal, Oil Valet, and Clorox. Uh, She's also been featured in CEO Mom, New Jersey Family, Wall Street Journal, and a lot of other places. So um, there's a depth here that we're gonna be diving into. one of the most important depths that I believe visionaries can learn from are the worst and best experiences in business. Um, so what is your worst leadership experience ever?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we all have areas, challenges, bad experiences, and I think early on in my entrepreneurial journey as a mentor, as a coach, whatever you wanna call it, as a leader, trying to you know help my clients build a brand, I think in the beginning, I took on anyone. I took anyone who came to me, even if they weren't the right fit, even if I felt like in my gut, they weren't going to be a great relationship in terms of a client mentor relationship. And I had someone in my group who questioned, even in the beginning, she had all these questions of the pricing and what do I get and all this. And I had that, I'm not sure she's a good fit, but I still enrolled her into the program. She never showed up. She didn't do the work, um, but yet she wanted the results. And she questioned my leadership and my expertise and really kind of rocked my confidence a little bit so yep. that I felt like I wasn't a good leader. But then, you know, after talking to my own coaches and kind of detaching the emotion out of that, I learned that. We as coaches and mentors, we are not responsible really for the results of our clients. We have to empower them to get those results on their own. It is their business at the end of the day. I can give you the strategies. I can give you the tools. I can give you all the shortcuts. I can share with you what I have done. But at the end of the day, the only person that can do the work is you. And so learning from that, what I felt was like the worst leadership experience because I felt so badly that she was disappointed and she was having a hard time and she was saying all these things, I learned later that I had to be better at figuring out who the clients were that were a good fit. Did they meet the criteria to be able to go through the program and get the best results? And now I ask harder questions. Now I have certain criteria that they have to fulfill before they can even be considered or apply to my programs. And so I think sometimes you have to go through those bad leadership experiences before you can get to the better leadership experiences.
1: I love that way to own it. First off, way to just, you know, look internally at what you could be doing better. Um, I think a lot of us grew up without understanding healthy boundaries on relationships. And, you know, I went through a, a massive shift, um, in my life for learning how to establish healthy boundaries and it changed the dynamics of who I was working with. So one, one quote I heard early on, um, in the, before I really started making the shift was this small business development coach at UTSA was teaching a foreman and she said, uh, when you sell a hammer, everything like a nail. Mm-hmm. And that hit me real deep. Um, and I was like, man, okay. I, I do see this a lot in the market. I don't want to be, oh, did we go out? Am I still here?
0: i'm here are you here i
1: had a technical difficulty all right we're back um so the i guess the hammer um came after my internet the and then of course like you said asking tougher questions if you want to find great experts find experts that ask you questions that make you feel uncomfortable not questions that just validate the reality of what you want um, and so we're not going to reveal those questions today, but if you work with Malika, or you choose to talk to her and she starts asking you things that do make you uncomfortable, I'm not talking about manipulating your pressure and you're feeling dumb. That's different. That's a bro marketing tactic. I'm talking about asking questions that matter. And if you feel like you might be offended by the question, my advice to you, visionary, is to then ask, what is the purpose of this question? Or how does this question relate to helping me grow and, and be willing to explore the answer? Um, moving into best leadership experience. Um, what is your best leadership experience ever?
0: Yeah. So I think the best leadership experience that I've had recently is I led an in-person retreat, which was again, outside of my comfort zone to try to do all the logistics of like organizing a little mini conference here in my hometown of Maine and bringing in my clients. And, but having them all in person feeling that energy of bringing people together and seeing their faces and being able to not only do trainings and teaching them but making again those connections and building that community that kind of brought everything all of my values all of the things that i my vision together in this one weekend and it was so powerful um and you know not only did you know women learn how to build their brands it was beyond that it was about feeling this sense of confidence and this sense of community and, you know, making relationships and finding clients and, you know, collaborating on new ideas and just that creativity of all of it just was through the roof. And even though it was hard, it was so hard to be the, the leading person, the logistics and organizing and making sure everyone felt seen and heard at the end of it. It was just, It was so amazing to say that I actually did it. I actually was able to not create the concept, but actually deliver and exceed people's expectations and have those moments go beyond the conference. So now I see them collaborating and becoming partners and referral partners and all this other beautiful stuff that is building their businesses and their brands.
1: That is super cool. Uh, That is a great way to, to... belong to connect with individuals, um, you know, and, and conferences, when you run them, there is, there's not much of a better feeling than pulling off a great conference, um, in terms of business, uh, that's, that is one of those experiences where if you haven't had that opportunity as a visionary to do that, then I would add that to your bucket list of things that you might consider doing and, uh, finding a way to facilitate a conference or an event or a mixer that allows us people to come together. Um, and also make sure your camera studio equipment is set up too, right? You're capturing the, the nature of the event, the videos of, you know, how, how do people feel about working with the brand? Um, as well as, um, you know, general pictures of camaraderie, people coming together. It's, it's important to remember those memories and the photos and videos do a great way of doing that, but also promote your brand in the future. Any thoughts on that before we move on to yeah. the platform?
0: 100%. I mean, first off, I would say post-pandemic, people are hungry for connection. Yes. So having that in-person opportunity kind of blew everyone's mind. They were just so open and ready to see people and touch people and hug mm-hmm. people and sit at the same table together and share ideas. And then as a photographer, yes, 100%, you want to capture those moments either through photography or video so that not only can you remember it as the organizer and share it with the people that were there, but it will just help you boost awareness and energy around your brand for future retreats or future programs or future launches. Um, It is just great content to have that will help differentiate. I mean, of course, going back to branding, help differentiate your brand when you have those marketing assets.
1: It's huge. It's all about vision painting. Um, in that regard, that's one way I heard it talked about, um, Steven, I can't remember his last name. Um, he's a Broadway performer, also a business owner, but he talked about vision painting. Um, and when he talked about it, it made me realize the company I was representing at the time was like, man, we really aren't paving the path forward mentally for people beyond, uh, the, the transaction, the immediate outcomes. We need to become better at talking about the future. One of the ways to do that is to showcase the past past as clearly as possible, um, especially when you have great past experiences. So thank you for, for sharing that. Do you have do you have footage of that event by chance?
0: I do. I, ha- I hired a photographer. Um, nice. I didn't want to be responsible for taking those pictures because I was leading the event and speaking at the event. So I did hire huh. a local photographer to take pictures um, for the like two days. And so it's great to have those, um, visuals and images and, and I use them often.
1: <laughs> I'd love to incorporate some of them into the landing page. Um, yeah. maybe that would be helpful for people who find the show later. Um, so very good. Um, the powerful lesson. So Malik, if this was the last chance you had to share a lesson with visionaries, what would the powerful lesson be that they can learn from your experience?
0: So I think a powerful lesson that they can learn from my experience is going back to niching, right? So in my own business, there was a moment where I called it a junk drawer business because I was trying to do all of the things and I was trying to serve all of the people. And it was probably more of a confidence issue because I wasn't ready to commit and go all in. But you hit a wall when you do that, when you're spread so thin, it's not sustainable. You get burned out. You also get really down on yourself as a brand because People aren't seeing you as an expert because you're doing so many things. And when my business started to sort of plateau and people would get confused because I was doing brand photography, family photography, I was doing headshots, a vision board event, like all of the things, really the junk drawer business. I kind of hit a low because I wanted to charge higher prices. I wanted to be revered as an expert and an authority, but What I was doing wasn't showing that. I was spread too thin. I was a Jane of all trades. And so a powerful lesson that I learned was you kind of have to go all in in what your zone of genius is, going back to The Big Leap, that book, right? You have to do an assessment of your skills and your strengths. You really have to understand what you're really good at, what you love, what you're passionate about. You have to look at your clients and see what were the results that I got the clients that I already have, right? And you need to then make some decisions for your business to commit to something that might feel a little bit more focused. it might feel a little bit more sticky and specific. And when I made that change from going from this Jane of all trades to saying, you know what, I am actually going to go all in. And at the time it was brand photography. I'm going to go all in because I see the competition isn't doing it as much. I see a gap in the market. Even though I'm scared to death, even though I'm going to disappoint so many people because I'm going to tell them I'm not their family photographer anymore, I'm still going to do this. And once I made that change, I was able to focus my marketing. I was able to focus my expertise. I was able to focus my audience, who I was able to serve. And that was such a game changer for me. So the idea of niching your business, becoming a specialist and going from being so broad and mainstream to now being something specific and powerful and potent, that changed my business so that I was starting to get tagged as the go-to brand photographer. Anytime that came up, brand photography for women in business, my name would come up. And it's not to say that that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life, because I'm a good example of that. I have pivoted from that. And now I do brand strategy for female entrepreneurs. Um, But it is scary to go smaller and more focused. But that to me has been a powerful lesson, has been a game changer for my business, has given me my life back in many ways because it's just much simpler.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of virtue in what you were just talking about and sharing. There is an incredible amount of like realities that. That matter for people in relation to that and one your story like for you obviously that matters like obviously that was the massive difference maker i do want to challenge on the opposite end of this too though because there's some vice mixed in with a virtue um and so the again from your perspective your story yes but the projecting aspect this may not be right for you visionaries right this may not be and i and so i'll point out some of those elements because LeBron James was told to shut up and dribble, Um, you know, and, and, you know, that was told, go do your one thing, get out of politics, get out of philanthropy, stop doing everything that you're meant to do in the world. You know, you're just a basketball player, shut up and dribble. That wasn't anybody's right to do granted. It's okay. It happened. Um, You know, and then there's Richard Branson, who's got 200 something plus businesses and you got Elon Musk. Um, And so is it sustainable? I think it's very sustainable, but it depends on who it is, right? There's a time in my life where I was a, um, a full-time father of my three children. And it wasn't the time for me to launch a podcast, right? I, I needed to stay focused on certain niches. Plus I was still exploring who I was. So I'd also challenge too that there's, I love this quote, the Jack of all trades or Jane of all trades, mm-hmm. the, um, Jack of all trades is master of none, uh, of none. but the rest of the quote is but oftentimes better than he who is great at one.
0: Huh.
1: And that's, that's a little bit of a paraphrase, but that is the full extension of the quote. And again, it's not, I'm not saying like, Hey, uh, Malik is wrong on this. No, not at all. It was what was right for her. Right. But if I have a medicine that cu- cures me or I have a back surgery that, that might have helped me, that doesn't mean that when somebody else has a flu, that I say, Hey, you gotta go get this back surgery. Um, right. So there's still, there's opportunities to explore both sides. And when, you know, so if you're still exploring and you're still looking for those avenues or you feel called to do multiple things, just know that there's that, that's for you, right? That's, you got to focus on what you know is for your vision. And on the flip side, if you're like, go Malika, you got this, you know, like that's exact, it's because you align with that concept. And that's beautiful. Gary Keller. The one thing, right? Yep. That's his book. Like he's all about it. That's so cool, and so it's it's uh, it's one hundred percent virtuous. Yeah. Do you have any further I'm, thoughts on that, Malika.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a strategy, right? It's a strategy. It's also if it feels aligned with your values and who you are, then it's something to explore. Just like you said, there are you know different seasons in your business, different lifestyles that it might not be applicable. Um, for me in my story, it was, I had done all the things and then I saw a big change in personal and professional when I did niche down. Um, and because it worked for me, it's something that I use as a strategy for clients in my communities if they're ready for that.
1: Correct. I love it. There's, again, there's elements too of, uh, like the virtue. Can we, can we leverage the virtue in the process of realizing like, okay, you know, am I overextending myself in certain aspects? You know, can I look at what things I can eliminate? Pareto's law principle-wise 80-20 rule, right? There's a lot of elements that are super important for all of us to consider, regardless of how big our vineyard is, or, you know, if we're looking at farming, like how many different types of livestock we have, um, perhaps there's there's all sorts of realities, or does it make sense to just have a chicken coop, right? Because I got other things going on in my life. Um, lots of realities there. The next thing that we want to talk about is growing businesses faster and this bullseye branding. So I'll let you talk about that. We're going to share some elements from your brand. They may not be exactly that, um, but let's let's dive right in. Where do you want to start, Malika?
0: Yeah. So this is kind of an extension of the conversation we're having, right? Having a niche brand, having a bullseye brand. That's sort of my terminology for that. Uh, bullseye brand is one that is very sharp and focused. So you know exactly what That brand is good at. You know exactly who they serve. You know exactly what their superpower is and what kind of solution or methodology they provide. Those are sort of the four steps that I have coined for a bullseye brand. You want to be specialized. You want to be specific. You want to stand out and you want to have a certain solution. And so when you have this bullseye brand, it just allows you not to worry so much about the competition because you have differentiated yourself and pulled yourself out of that you know bloody red ocean and have swam Mm -hmm. into more of a blue ocean where you are being known for something specific for your specialization and it means in my opinion that the marketing becomes very clear and very simple and very easy because you're speaking like it's like a love letter to that person that you're meant to serve versus different markets, different audiences, with different offers and different expertise. From my experience and my story, doing all of those things, having children's photography, headshot photography, brand photography, brand strategy, I got burned out. It was hard to sustain all those different messages and it just caused a lot of confusion and a confused mind never buys.
1: Right. Love that quote. The
0: reality is, I'm not a target. I'm a solopreneur with limited resources, with limited time. And so if I want to optimize and maximize and still have time for my family, then for me, the strategy of niching down and becoming such a powerful and potent, single minded brand works. And it works for a lot of my clients, too because that way that all of your marketing is much more targeted, it allows for pricing power because now you're a specialist and you can raise your prices so you're making more revenue. So there are just a lot of benefits for building that bullseye brand. Does it mean that you can't serve anyone outside of the bullseye? No, just like a bullseye that has the rings, your bullseye is who you wanna serve, your message is for that person, but you might still attract Other people in all the other rings, maybe they like your vibe. Maybe, you know, they are a strong referral. And then it becomes your choice if you want to work with them or not.
1: Very good. Um, Are you a single income household or a dual income household?
0: I am a dual income household.
1: Okay. Um, Fair. And the, I, I love this because there are lots of people who come through first class business and through our show and programs that have that entrepreneur, not, I, I don't want to call it mentality like that reality. That's what they want. You know, that's what they're going to grow. I have nothing wrong with that. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't know how to do it. Right. That's not my expertise, but therein lies also the opportunity for a strategic partnership. Therein lies an opportunity for me to say, you know what? I don't do that. Like, that's not how I do things, but I know Malika does, um, you know, and so. She's somebody that I would recommend to check it out. Why? Because I do see the veracity of your branding. It's very easy for me to see your brand and see your depth and say, wow, she's carved something out here. Like, this is cool. Um, you know, this is, this is deep. Um, and you know, it's, and easy, I, I, I don't like the word easy personally, but from a marketing standpoint, there's so many different things that, that have to go into brand development and growth. It's like taking a recipe book of 300 recipes. Um, but, the key for delivery is you have to be able to cook those recipes all together at the right time and asking about the right temperature to the right people. Um, there's, there's a lot of complexities and nuances that go with that. However, again, I can't deny the power of your formula and what you've built, right? It'd be like an algebra teacher telling a geometry teacher, like their stuff's wrong
0: <laughs>
1: just cause they, they have their own niche style. So I share all of that visionaries because if you're hearing this episode, um, you know, and, Uh, you feel aligned with the solopreneur route and what's there. Like uh, what I see from what Malika is doing is a lot of virtue compared to 99% of the vision of the solopreneurs that I see. I don't see a lot of unicorns that can pull it off. Um, that said, I don't look either, right? I have my, my lane, my focus on what I do. So you don't always see what's outside of that Two, In addition to that, we always have to take what I say, and what Malika says, what all of us claim with a grain of, grain of salt, because we're all private companies. So you can't actually see what the deals are, what goes on behind the scenes, how it all works. And that's part of your due diligence is check your references. You um, know, make sure that you do your due diligence and ask the uncomfortable questions in return for all the uncomfortable questions that we might ask you with what it is that we do. Um, and so <clears throat> um, I, d- I don't know, uh, enough about Malika's brand to support it, but at the same time, all of the you're a lighthouse, Malika, to the world that is shining brightly, and I love the way that you're going about it and doing it from what I've seen. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the for the rest of the time here, we've got about five minutes left. Um, is there any other aspects of branding? Um, and it, well, you know what? The one thing I want to hit on that too is I see a lot of blog posts come out about this whole niche concept. And when they focus on it, they focus more on who is that target audience that you're niching and that ideal client. I love that you, you made it more holistic and that mm-hmm. you're talking about, yes, the niche audience, but also you're referring to niching down in terms of focusing on what you're best at. Your specialization. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I and think
0: it's a combination.
1: That's a reflection of the book Strengths Finder 2.0. Yes. I love that. that. Like, that's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Become great at something and maybe you can add to it as you go. But if people are getting lost with what you're great at because you're too scatterbrained to focus on what matters to the person right in front of you, then yeah, you're, you're definitely going to struggle.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's the whole idea of just trying to simplify your brand so that you can stand out from the noise. And if you're able to look at your skills and your strengths and really assess them and bake that into your brand and making sure that that is, you know, your area of specialization instead of trying to be a brand that's really broad doing all the things that makes it harder for people to remember you or refer you. You know, so many times I've had people in my network say, I'm a life coach for women. I have no idea who to send your way. But if they said, I'm a life coach for women and I specialize in strengthening their mindset um, in their empty nest years, when their children are off to college and they're trying to figure out what their next chapter is, then there's a a picture in my mind that's being painted. And that niche is clearer to me so that I can then figure out who in my network I can refer to that person. So- You know, Nation can be as broad or as small as you want, but really it is meant to define clearly who you are serving, what your specialization is, how are you different, and how do you solve the problem, in my opinion, in my definition. Love it. And and that will help you grow your business faster.
1: We completely share the definition, by the way. Um, Absolutely. We also share the value of the way that's articulated, too. Um, It's more so for me, it's actually my fight against the market um, and what the, what the market tends to, you know, overgeneralize about. And it's the other opposite side too of like, well, you know, the, the very, I don't know if it's a spectrum thing for me or not, but like the whole, it's not sustainable. Like, well, wait, it is sustainable. Um, You know, but there's different, there's different values, right. Of instead of standing against, um, right. The, the alternative approach. I'm more like, well, no, she actually both work. JK Rowling wrote a book on a napkin and she became a multi-billionaire, you know, but uh, Elon Musk started with PayPal and lots of people and Google started with a lot of people too. And they became some of the best companies in the world. Um, So it's more just a harmonization of realizing that all of these concepts are very important for you as visionaries who are listening in to consider Um, and and say, you know what, I'm gonna read a book today that is written from an angle I don't like and see what I can learn from that book. And that's kind of what I'm, what I'm putting out there for, for the audience. So thank you for making space for that. It shows a great deal of your leadership. Um, and it surprises me that you're a solopreneur because you also have amazing leadership skills. Um, and so it's like, wow, like, and I know your background, you know, is is how you gained a lot of that too, but are you, are you forever going to be a solopreneur? Curious.
0: Yes, I think that's a choice that I've made. I mean, I have a team of you know okay. virtual assistants and things like that, but no one that is full time. I am the face of my brand. I deliver um, all of my services. I don't have anyone else really on my team. So when I say solopreneur, oh. that's what I mean. I mean, I have people in the back end with operations and systems, um, but I don't. I honestly don't have any desire to you know, hire junior coaches to be underneath me to right, right. implement the bullseye branding formula. Not interested. Right. right. I and mean, it's the to... lifestyle that I have, I guess I have chosen for myself you yeah. know, personally and professionally.
1: How do you, uh, I, I'm asking this innocently. Um, how do you feel that that comes across to a team? Um, you know, you have a team, you have virtual assistants. You just said that, um, but to to be to claim solopreneurship and to kind of claim you do, but don't have a team. What what are the alternative thoughts and perspectives out that outside of what's like? I could say like, oh, well, that means you don't care about your team. That's not what you're saying.
0: No, um, 100. You know, so no. What's mean, the other
1: side of people seeing? Because I know team members who would say like, oh, screw that, I'm not working here anymore. Um, yeah. you know, but that's a different. That's a whole different level of toxicity. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's not what I, mean. what I mean. I mean,
0: the culture is what you're trying to talk about, like the culture I'm trying to create in my brand. And so, yeah, I'm
1: curious how they feel.
0: I mean, I, I think they would kind of be in agreement with me because they have other clients, too. They're mm-hmm. all freelance. Right. And so I've worked with them for many, many years. Like, um, And I just see it as a, a solopreneur. I have a team, but they are not forward facing in the brand. Hmm. Um, so it's not like I have a, I don't see it as like this company that I have. Um, so I guess it's how you define your, your business model. Right? Um, so I see it as more, I'm a solopreneur. I'm the face of the brand. I'm the leader of the brand. I have a team on the back end. Um, I try to promote a very open and welcoming and collaborative culture, of course, because I wouldn't be able to do what I do without them by any means. Um, but I still do define my business as I am a solopreneur.
1: Okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, that, that that's, it's so hard to define things, you know, Republican, Democrat, liberal, liberal, you know, there's that's, that's the evolution of language on display. Um, right. And that's the nuance of like, okay, we actually do really see eye to eye. Do we take the time to figure each other out and make the space, you know, for, for all concepts that are virtuous to matter. And so those of you who listened in today, um, we very much, uh, love and appreciate the fact that you're here supporting us. We look forward to hearing from you. Um, if you have comments or questions, feel free to leave those in the platform of your choice. On the landing page, we'll also be putting action steps for Malika's brand, uh, materials that she gives us to help guide you to that next step. If you uh, feel so inclined, of course, uh, dive in, you know, the best thing that you can do when you've heard an expert that you align with is to reach out and connect with them. That's especially with somebody who stands for that principle of belonging. You know, the people who are going to resonate, like the, all of you who are going to resonate with Malika, like she's going to want you to belong with her and, and the journey of growth. Um, so Malika, thank you so much for, for bringing your expertise to the show and your, your, uh, support. If anybody wants more information too, on, uh, building the brand faster, um, and, and other elements, again, I'm going to, I'm going to invite Malika to give us as much information as she can to help steer you towards the formulas that she has. Cause you've been doing some amazing things in life, Malika.
0: Thank you. Thank you for the hard questions and for the conversation. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. I've never been accused of easy questions. Um, So (laughs) I appreciate you. Vision Pros, have an excellent rest of your day and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your.